Time to finish up those previews of the AFC, finishing up with the AFC North that Matt is intimately knowledgeable <laughs> about. The scuttlebutt going on as he is at Pittsburgh Steelers camp, and we'll check in on the rest of the division. And already some big news as camps are opening around the NFL. That coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Matt in Latrobe, PA. I am in the, on the West Coast in California bringing you this pod today. So, Matt, we teased a little bit yesterday. What's the scuttlebutt? Did you rub elbows with anybody important last night uh, out at, at the Latrobe downtown bar scene? And uh, what kind of dirt can you give us on the Steelers camp this year? Yeah, I mean, Sharkies is a good time, and that's where everybody goes. And, you know, not as many people from the team go out as you might expect. They have early mornings and whatnot and late meetings and things like that. But no, there was a, there was a few out there and uh, it was great just to get back. There's no question about it. I mean, just that, that scene, everybody in the same room having a beverage or two, talking a little football or, Hey, how you been? That kind of stuff. Um, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll throw out a nugget or two as they come up. Mitch Trubisky wasn't out getting hammered then. No, you don't okay. see players. No. <laughs> okay, good. That's good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we we got to start there, I think, as it pertains to the Steelers, because if there's a player to watch in camp, it's their first round draft pick. Uh, their first, the first time they've dipped their toes in the you know highly drafted quarterback waters since Ben Roethlisberger so long ago, and that is Kenny Pickett. Is there even a battle for QB one? in Pittsburgh with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky, or is this straight up Mitch Trubisky's job to start this year? I actually think it's more of a Pickett-Rudolph battle for number two. I mean, um, oh. Trubisky's the one running with the ones. I only say that not because I'm high on Rudolph or low on Pickett. It's just Rudolph's been here. So if you were to play a game right now, he's the backup because he's the one that would get you out of the game. That doesn't mean they're higher on him than Pickett. It's just if the starter goes down, you trust Rudolph more than the rookie who's just been here. Um, however, if you recall, I don't know, 10 years or so ago, the, the Seahawks went out and signed Flynn, remember the backup from the Packers, and then drafted this Russell Wilson character in the third round. And at this stage of camp, no one thought there was any chance the rookie would even get involved, but they just kept digesting more and more. And, you know, they kept putting more on his plate and Wilson ended up being the starter. So I think that's possible from Pickett, but it's not the plan. I think they want to bring him along slow. And they're, they're excited about Trubisky. It's almost like, yeah, you have to let Trubisky fail first before you're forced to go with a rookie quarterback. And uh, unless he's that good, you know, like Russell Wilson mm -hmm. was. He, that, that was his calling card, right? Kenny Pickett coming out, the most pro-ready quarterback, you know, five-year college player, kind of like – and that's that's what Russell Wilson was too, right? He played four years yeah, right, at right. Uh, NC State before transferring – as a graduate to Wisconsin, right? So it's, you know, uh, Pickett didn't didn't transfer, but the, you know, he's he's got a lot of game reps under his belt. So it's not like he hasn't played enough ball. It's just getting ready for the pro game. And I, I assume the Steelers are in, you know, let's go win this thing with Mitch Trubisky mode too. So if you're a rookie quarterback, yeah. that's not a 
that's not a team that you're just going to throw a rookie out there because you want to get him reps. You're trying to win games. So you have to, you have to go with whoever the best quarterback is right now. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Trubisky was the opposite. He was a one-year starter at North Carolina and came out and was in over his head and swimming. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, they absolutely are in it to win it. I mean, a lot of teams say that. I mean, the Steelers absolutely mean it. There's never going to be a, hey, let's, let's tank this year. That, that's just not how they're built or how ownership ever wants to do things. But it's a really young offense. I mean, Deontay Johnson is really like the oldest guy on the offense of people that are going to play. Like, here's the names of basically the starters. Deontay Johnson, Clay, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Dan Moore Jr., Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole, um, James Daniels, Chooks for Pat Fryermuth, Trubisky, Najee. They're all like second, third-year guys. And even their signings, like James Daniels, only 24. So the offense is remarkably young. You named one right there, George Pickens, and I already saw some. I'm real flashes. excited about him. Yeah. yeah, I already saw some flashes on on day one, and you know he's just the he has that he's the type of guy that it was like it was like this for him as a freshman at Georgia. He's you know he's not going to be overwhelmed by anything. He's going to walk in and he's going to ball out, and it looks like that's what he's doing already. Some catches on day one of camp. I know it's it's very early in training camp there, but you kind of mentioned him with the starters with Deontay Johnson holding in and potentially no end in sight for Deontay Johnson getting on the field, is Deontay Johnson opening the door for the guy who's about to replace him in George Pickens? Uh, that's a good question because Claypool's in the mix. I think Claypool, they're going to try to move the slot with Johnson and Pickens as the outside guys. And the two Super Bowl teams are the only teams in the league last year that have more three receiver sets, 11 personnel. So they'll all play a lot. Um, Johnson is holding in, but he was here working really hard. He did everything but team, you know. I mean, and 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 honestly, yesterday was a very short practice. I mean, it's that acclimation period, which I find kind of odd, but you can't get a ton done. Like, there was one special teams, you know, uh, period. And then the other guy actually made some big plays that is clearly the fastest dude on this team is Calvin Austin third. I mean, in a situation like that where there's not hitting and they got him a screen and he was just gone. I mean, he just shot out of a cannon. Oh, I can't wait to watch him play. And I, I really yeah, love I like what the, the Steelers did there with those two wide receivers in the draft. Very different players, completely different roles. Is Austin going to run away with the kick return job too? I would imagine. Um, there's a couple other options, Anthony McFarland, you know, but I, I would think that he's the leader in the clubhouse and they don't view him as just like a gadget guy, jet sweet guy. I mean, he lines up outside and goes against man coverage and did it really well in college. Offensive line. Uh, there was some additions to the offensive line. I know it wasn't the, the best offensive line in the league last year. Uh, I have some questions about what's going on at tackle, uh, left tackle specifically, but, you know, Kendrick Green in the mix with Dotson and Mason Cole and James Daniels in the interior and a core four. Like, those are names that are familiar to me. What's going on at left tackle, though, and, and how do you see this line coming together? Because, you know, assuming quarterback works out for the Steelers, the line's going to be pretty important because you got to protect that quarterback, and Najee Harris is going to be obviously a huge part of this offense. The O-line's my biggest concern quarterback side, you know, with the whole team especially the pair of tackles. Dan Moore is a, is a rookie fourth-round pick, played adequately last year. Chooks has always been adequate. Uh, James Daniels was a very nice pickup. I think he'll, he's already their best lineman, and that isn't even close. Um, but I, I still think that uh, – here's the deal with the O-line, is kind of like I just mentioned with the offense, Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, Mason Cole, James Daniels, a core four, and maybe Kendrick Green – all those guys are 24 and younger. 
They're under contract for the next couple of years. They're very cost controlled. And rem remarkably, they all have a ton of experience already for their age. So they're young, cheap, and experienced. They might not be good, but you know they, they, they could grow together. And I think that there's a real plan in place there with the line. All right, really quick here. We got to move on to other teams in the AFC North, but defensive side of the ball, who, who are you keeping your eyes closest on in Latrobe, PA there in camp? Um, some of the new guys, Ogan Joby. Um, he's certainly one of them for sure. Um, I would say Miles Jack. He had kind of a rough year last year, as everyone did with the Jags, but he'd be a big upgrade. And this is make or break time for Bush. Oh, that's really good, actually, those linebackers, Bush and Jack, because mm -hmm. crazy athleticism for both of those guys coming out of college, right? And can they put it together this year? Uh, you know, speed is not going to be a problem, although Jack has had some no. lower leg injuries there. But um, those are really good ones. And, and, you know, when preseason games get going, they could really tell when, you know, when the pads are on with the linebackers especially. So it's almost more preseason than, than training camp, I think, in a lot of ways for those guys. But they, on paper, they've got that athleticism to, to range in both uh, pass coverage and against the run. But I think pass coverage has been the thing for Devin Bush, right? Because, you know, running hits not enough in the NFL. 100%. And didn't take on blocks particularly well. I mean, had some mental errors. Zone coverage seems to be a problem for him. Not the biggest guy. And he was coming off a major injury and just looked like he never really trusted the D in, in, in addition to some of the mental, you know, issues too. It was a great quote from 49ers camp, not to inject the 49ers into this conversation, but Aziz Alshair was asked about uh, what it's like playing linebacker nowadays in the NFL. And he's like, yeah, we're basically big DBs. And, he, you know, his yeah. defensive coordinator uh, is, is a guy that played a long time in the NFL. And he's like, yeah, at 250 pounds back in your day, you didn't have to catch that wide receiver on the over route. Like we got to do these days. Oh, like, yeah. This is a very different thing. So there's a, like, that's not easy when you've got a guy who can fly potentially a, a four, three wide receiver who's flying on an over, you've got to get depth. You've got to recognize it. And you got to be able to get there and make a play on it as a linebacker. That's not an easy task. And every tight end of the field now runs four six, and they're not two hundred and seventy pound blockers. Right. You know, they're not Mercedes Lewis. You know, yeah. And so you have the tight end hitting the seam, and then you got another over coming from the other side. So you got everything, and there's two yeah. linebackers cover a whole bunch of space. And Kamara's running an option route right in front of you too. You know, yeah, it, it's yeah. a really tough spot right now. And the quarterback can run too. No, of course, of course. Lamar Jackson's back there with Mark Andrews. <laughs> Why are these linebackers um, struggling so much? Yeah, uh, interesting team there. Uh, the oh, what, what was the? Uh, I don't have it in front of me anymore. What was the record for the Steelers last year? Uh, what were the record? They snuck into the playoffs. They were nine and eight. Yeah, right. Yeah, nine wins. Okay, so over under nine wins. How do you like this team coming into twenty twenty two? I think the over under in Vegas is seven and a half right now. Uh, I kind of see an eight win team here. Um, that would be Tomlin's first losing season with a 17-game schedule. But if you look at their schedule or any of the metrics, you know, Warren Sharp's metrics, they're at the top of the league in terms of toughest schedules, too. So there's no easy ones. There's no gimmies here. It's going to be a tough one. And they've got some serious competition in the AFC North. We've got to talk about notes from the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow, Jesse Bates, two of the best players on that team, not 
on the field to start training camp in Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Cleveland have their own issues as well. Very interesting teams as we approach camp and the preseason in the AFC North. But first, before we get to those teams, we got to talk to you about Dave. Hindsight is twenty twenty, and you can't change the past. But what if you could get a little help from your future self? Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little cash. Now you can with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500. Instantly with extra cash, that's more money to fill your tank by whatever it is you need to catch up on those bills. Just finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That is Dave, D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty football. You might hear some talk on that podcast about our Locked On Dynasty League that I'm about to win here in the 2022 <laughs> season. Welcoming Matt Williamson to that league. It's been a lot of fun talking trash this offseason, getting that rookie draft in the books. And, and as uh, I texted you last night, I had a yeah. uh, cold one or two with Mr. Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. And uh, he had a, a word or two for it headed your way. And uh, I mentioned that there's a new sheriff in town that you guys could battle about the top. But we're talking about <laughs> dynasties here. I'm building a yeah. dynasty in Team Williamson. Yeah, but Williamson just uh, tore apart the franchise that was built by former <laughs> Locked On Cardinals host Bo Brock and uh, he's in it for the long term I'm battling with Chris Carter he got me in the championship game last year but um, on paper I don't think he stands a shot against me this year so we'll see banners fly forever Matt we also mentioned that he never invites me on locked on Steelers and I never invite yeah. him on Peacock and Williamson because we both kind of have these teams down pat but right. that's coming at some point we decided we, sh we should at least have a little chat with each other well, I'll just uh, the the listeners will really feel at home next time you're gone. I'll just have Chris take your spot, and right, right, some he's better looking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so we are on to the oh, real quick, one more Steelers note. I got to ask you, Najee Harris. I'm sure some folks out there want to mm -hmm. hear us talk about him. I kind of gloss over him just because I kind of feel like we all know exactly what to expect from him. But do we? No more checkdowns from Ben, or is is there going to be? So, you know, clearly they're going to run the offense through him. Um, he's an every down back. He will probably get as many carries as before, but overall usage could it drop down just because of Ben's, you know, lack of arm that he had at the end of his career and just dumping it off to his running back in, in the swing back sort of a style is, are, are you worried about production from a fantasy standpoint falling for Najee Harris because of that, just because of the, the automatic catches he was getting out of the backfield? Even though in a way, he yes. used in a different way as a receiver. Right. In a way, yes. I think there'll be far fewer dump-offs, just get it out of my hand, and then three people come and tackle him for a two-yard gain on third and eight. You know, and there was a lot of that from Ben. I mean, he, he was shot. Um, so I bet his reception totals decrease because he had some big games. I think he had some double-digit catch games in his rookie year. But and we did he did a lot of this at Bama. He did a lot of this at training camp last year as a rookie. They just didn't use it in the regular season. He splits up. He splits out wide in the red zone. And they throw him fades. You know, like 
he runs a more diverse route tree, and he has a real uncanny knack of one-handed catches over his head. He's got unbelievably long arms. So the degree of difficulty and the A dot, I think, will increase, but he probably won't have as many catches. Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, appendectomy, kind of out of nowhere, and yeah. doesn't show up after their Super Bowl run last year to the start of training camp because of it. And I had to go scramble to the, the depth chart and even figure out who the backup quarterback was for the, the Cincinnati Bengals, and it is Brandon Allen. It's one of the worst backup situations in the league. Yeah, and yeah. Got a guy named Drew Plitt, P-L-I-T-T, <laughs> that I did not know existed until I looked at this. Jake yeah, Browning is the other name there. So, um, you know, all sort of, in, you know, no offense to those guys, but uh, noodle arms type of, of quarterbacks backing right. up to a burrow there. It's going to be tough for those guys to get the ball deep to Jamar Chase. Um but I don't think, you know, it's, it's not a huge problem, but it's also not great when your franchise quarterback isn't there for the start of camp. Right. And this would have been Burrow's first healthy offseason in the NFL. And, you know, with his work ethic, you know, he was going to thrive in that situation, really take the team over. It's going to be a while. I mean, I'm not a doctor. I mean, this isn't even a football related injury. But I think it's going to be several weeks. And before you know it, you know, he, I'm sure he won't play it down in the preseason. So, I mean, new offensive line, I don't think it's a huge concern, but I bet it sidelines him for a couple very valuable weeks. Yeah, two weeks is, is the timetable I saw, and that puts you through most of camp, and you're already into preseason games here as we get into yeah. August. And so you're going to jump right into preseason games? Probably not. They're probably going to hold him back from that, too. So he might not get a lot of work at all with the first-team offense. He's got to, especially with the offensive line, build a little rapport. So um, it's, it's not nothing. You know, long-term, it's an appendectomy. You know he's going to come back from that 100%, but just it's really bad timing. It would have been a lot nicer for the Bengals if this emergency appendectomy would have popped up in, in June rather than at the end of July. I mean, a lot of pseudo-doctors at the bar last night were talking about appendectomies, and or and some of them had them, and they said you really have to cut away a fair amount of valuable tissue to get there. You know, I guess it's muscle and whatnot. So it's not just a little thing. And Jesse Bates, the uh, yeah. one of the leaders of the defense, is not in camp, and he doesn't have to worry about any fines because he hasn't signed his franchise tender. And I saw a report recently that the Bengals were having trouble fitting everybody under the cap. Well, it's a heck of a lot easier to fit Bates under the cap if you sign him to a new deal and lower that cap number rather than him signing his franchise tech number and playing under that all year because it's going to be bigger. You know, you can manipulate the cap, and as the cap goes up next year, have the, worry about those problems. So at this point, this is one of the ones where, you know, usually when there's contract stuff because of the CBA and because players want to get paid and they want to continue toward free agency and, and get those paydays, usually these things work themselves out. And I've never been really worried about the Jesse Bates situation. And it's definitely taken a backseat to some of the other situations with wide receivers going on in the league right now, because I think it's harder to figure out what to pay wide receivers, but safety is kind of that position too. It's been a lower paid position than guys like Minka get paid a ton. I'm sure Jesse Bates is trying to get paid somewhere close, mm -hmm. if not maybe asking for more than Minka, who knows? And so that I can see why that would be a tough negotiation. And now I'm starting to get a little bit worried about it for the Bengals and for Jesse Bates being in camp anytime soon. So no, no, Burrow, no Jesse Bates. Those are the captains of both sides of the ball for you. Exactly. And a couple notes here is I think he'll probably come in with an asking price a little below Minka's, uh, much like Orlando Brown, though. He's a he's on his franchise tag. So this isn't a holdout. I mean, currently, he's not a football player. He's not under contract. He didn't sign. You know, he, he's not paying fines for every day he misses. 
I would imagine in the end, you know, you don't turn down a big franchise tag guaranteed payday, but he probably won't be there for most of camp. Sign it, come in and play, probably a little rusty. Um, I get the impression, and several people have told me, that they don't plan on paying him top-of-the-market safety money. And I, I think their, their draft shows that. I mean, they drafted Tyson Anderson in the fifth round, Cam Taylor-Britt in the second, who's a corner or safety. And then one of my favorites is Dax Hill, who's a you know do-it-all safety, slot corner, whatever. Makes me think that they're planning on future life without Mr. Bates. And here's my thoughts on that is that's fine. If you don't think he's worth the money, don't give it to him. Um, I do think they're really preparing for the day and they're a, quote, frugal organization where they pay Higgins, Chase, Burrow. Like, I think that's the, the what they're saving their bucks for. But I also think it sends a bad message when you go outside the organization and sign so many defensive players to solid contracts and then your homegrown guy, you don't pay. Like, I don't think that's a good message to the locker room. I don't think it's a great message. I think Jesse Bates is a really good player, too. Mm -hmm. um, and it really – it was interesting when they drafted Dax Hill and then they drafted Cam Taylor-Britt because both of those players can play other roles and right. play with Jesse Bates, but they could also replace Jesse Bates. <laughs> exactly. and so yeah. It was pretty clear that they had a plan that could potentially go this way, and the more I think about it and just how you laid out there – really feels like Jesse Bates is, is going to be gone and going to be a free agent next year. And it's going to be Dax Hill nanning center field for that team. And maybe even uh, Taylor Britt, you know, potentially playing some, some safety instead of corner as well. So uh, that's definitely one to follow and one that hurts both the Bengals short-term and potentially long-term as well, not having Jesse Bates there, but yeah, he's not going to show up if he doesn't have to. And and who knows if that's like, because what's the deadline like week eight, he could do the thing where he doesn't even show up until week eight. And then yeah, if you sign right. the franchise tag, that's a big number that all of a sudden you have to be under the cap if you're the Bengals to prepare for that. Yeah. And you know, it, it, practice is helpful. He hasn't practiced either, you know, but yeah. whenever he walks in, the, you know, opening day or week eight or whatever it is, you know, he's going to be kind of fresh off the street in a way. So, I mean, I think he's in contention as their best defensive player too. You know, Hendrickson's really good, of course, but I mean, that, that that's a big distraction. And then that match with the Burrow thing, I mean, of course, I have to host a three-hour Steeler show every day. So <laughs> we talk about the division a lot and they're the opponents, but I mean, we respect these other teams, but I do think, Cleveland with Watson, Cincy with Burrow and Bates, and Baltimore's got Lamar and some other injury stuff out there. The division outside of Pittsburgh has some distractions right now. Lots of distractions going yeah, on. Yeah. Uh, any other players to watch in, in camp and preseason games for the Cincinnati Bengals for you? I think number one would be Dax Hill to me, especially if he's I love you know, manning that center field role that Jesse Bates should be manning. Yeah, and, and I flat out have said this, that if I were in charge of the Steelers, I would have taken – uh, Dax Hill at 20, I would not have taken Pickett. You know, I mean, I think Hill's a tremendous prospect. Okay, next, Cleveland Browns, Baltimore Ravens. Uh, plenty of is issues, as Matt just alluded to there, and uh, we'll, we'll take a look at what we think their prospects are for the 2022 season, but I got to let the folks know about Bet Online. Tons of new lines for the NFL popping up every day. You can bet on so much for the NFL season, even though we haven't even gotten to preseason games yet at BetOnline.net. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds lines and games reviews and news of every league not just nfl we've got nba nhl combat sports esports golf live in-game betting scores news you name it everything's covered at bet online the number one source for all your wagering information and news as well so check in on your desktop or mobile device to learn more about the action happening today 
at Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, Matt. Cincinnati Bengals, are you projecting a fall for them then this year? I, I didn't get your uh, season sort of projection for them, wins, losses. Do you like where they're at? Do you? I, I loved where they were at before maybe a couple weeks ago or actually before like three days ago, basically. Now I'm a little bit worried that maybe the under is the one to hit for the Bengals this year. Yeah, I love where they're at too. I mean, I, I'm jealous of where they are as a, as a franchise in this division without question. And if I had one quarterback in the division to build around, it would be Burrow over Jackson or um, Watson, you know. But I do think, and I've thought this really from the start, and I cite football outsiders with this a lot, is that that plexiglass principle, you know, when you go from a bottom team to a top team, I mean, you're drafting Jamar Chase one year and then you're picking 31st the next. You usually take a little step back and you play a little more primetime games in a first-place schedule and the, uh, the, the division's really tough. So – I absolutely think they're a contender, but I think that they – I would probably lean towards the under and win total. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Uh, they're a tough one. Unbelievable amount of issues for the Cleveland Browns. I'm trying to find their over-under right now because I think it's still off the board. Yeah, I think it's yeah. – it's they have so many problems right now that their over-under is off the board. They don't even know who the quarterback is going to be. they got a quarterback in camp that's probably not going to play. We've talked a little bit about it yesterday, trying to figure that out with Jacoby Brissett and get those reps. I mean, is Jacoby Brissett the guy you're watching in camp just to see what the, the floor or the ceiling might be for this team, for the Browns in 2022, or at least the first half, and who knows, maybe the whole year? So it's probably his team we don't even spend a ton of time on until Watson news comes out. And then maybe we'll do a whole episode on the Browns, you know, because we really need to know this stuff. Right. I will say talking to some employees of the Steelers last night, let alone all the media, everyone's shocked that they don't have an answer yet. You know, that generally speaking, the NFL tells you their verdict by now. You know, it's been a long time and they're not saying it's right or wrong. They're just shocked that there is not an answer. So, of course, that's looming. Um, here's a really interesting thing, though, to me, if I were Kevin Stefanski, because deep down, you know, Watson probably is not going to be ready for week one, right? I mean, I mean or he's not gonna be available for week one. I mean, I think you know that. So you have to prepare Brissett to help you win your week one game and presumably more going forward than that. However, they have four quarterbacks on this roster none of whom were with the team last year. And I'm not really worried about Josh Dobbs or Josh Rosen, but they they have four quarterbacks, none of them with the team this year. Deshaun Watson didn't play a snap last year. You gave him the biggest contract in the history of the world, and he's practicing now. How do you not send the message that this is Deshaun's team, he gets as many reps with the ones as possible, but you got to get percent ready. You know, like that's going to be a balancing act for the coaching staff. I almost feel like you have to roll with Watson through the first preseason game, maybe play him more than you would normally play your starters for the first preseason game. Cause essentially now tweaks an ankle. It's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. yeah, the, you yeah. Know, three preseason games. Now the, the second one is really going to be the only one that, that most starters play a lot in. And, you know, you definitely don't want to get them hurt in the last preseason game, but I think they got to change it up and, and play Watson a lot in the first game, let him start the second game. And then basically halfway through or, you know, after the first quarter or whatever of the second preseason game, it's all Jacoby Brissett from there and, and let him play the rest of the game or whatever, you know, the let him play a lot, let him even start into the next preseason game and then start to get him ready in practice and take the QB one reps as much as possible, getting ready for the season. Because I mean, unless you're just playing for 2023, you've got to get Jacoby Brissett ready at the second part of camp to be 
the guy. So, you know, once you go back to not training camp mode and, you know, there's not fans in the building every day at practice anymore, then, you know, you kind of back up Deshaun Watson and and you get Jacoby Brissett ready. I feel like that's maybe the only way to go about this because they both need reps and there's not enough reps to go around for both of them. So you kind of got to let Watson start because he's played the least recently show everybody that he's the guy and then let him take a back seat to Brissett halfway through camp. Basically, uh, I would imagine that's the process, but it's a little sticky. And you mentioned 2023. I mean, that's the problem here is when you look at the Browns cap, this is their year. You're like they have a ton of cap space right now. And I haven't studied it in great detail. And we know how people can finagle the cap, but my hunch is going forward, you're going to hear things like, they have to cut Jack Conklin or Amari Cooper. You know, like their window is really right now. And that's what's really sticky about this from a football perspective. Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, the rookie David Bells on the pup list to start there. Even when you get your quarterback ready, I'm not sure if the passing game is going to light things up anyway. So get ready for a whole bunch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt on this offense, right? I would imagine. So... I guess I have mixed feelings about the defense. I wish their defensive interior was a little better, but can they play small ball and, you know, keep their head above water with Brissette? I mean, I know the running game absolutely is there and the defense is talented. I, I just don't know if it's a good defense or a great defense. So that would be the plan. I mean, they run the ball as well as anybody. Right. And that's got to be the plan. Play a whole bunch of D and run the heck out of the football and then, uh, you know, win games that way. Uh, Jeremiah Usuko-Koromoa is a budding superstar. I don't, you know, he's not like a sleeper, but definitely a guy I'm going to keep my eyes on because he's so fun to watch anyway uh, during preseason games there for the Cleveland Browns. Grant Delpit's an interesting name because he's had yeah. a, a rocky start to his career. And first day of camp, I saw some glowing reports about what he could be this year for the Browns. So maybe there's your, your sleeper there for the Browns on defense is Grant Delpit at safety finally making good. Yeah, I, I like a lot of their guys. Newsom, I'm really high on. Mm -hmm. yeah. JOK, as you mentioned, I think has a chance to be a star. Ward's a, a heck of a player. They got a lot of secondary options. They got a lot of speed in the back seven. I think they're a D tackle away. I mean, I know that they flirted with Namakong Sue. That seemed like a perfect signing to me, but I wonder if they're worried. I, I don't know what the, what the hang up with that is, but maybe he wants more than people want to give him. I, I don't know, you know. Or they need to save some of that cap for Jimmy G. I almost said that, but I knew you'd get a little <laughs> chuckle out of it, so I didn't want to go down that road. <laughs> uh, hey, he's the 16th best quarterback in the league. Go get into that tier if you're not going to have Deshaun Watson there if you're uh, if you're the Cleveland Browns. And J Jacoby Brissett, I don't remember her showing up on the list at all. I don't, I don't know what tier he was in. <laughs> I used to think Jimmy was going to end up there, but I think the only chance is if Watson's out for the entire year. Even if it's a 12-game suspension, you can't come back in week 13 with Jimmy Brissett and Watson in your room. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be the full year. Right. And it'll be the only way. And it sounds like, you know, from what they're saying, they don't even, it's going to be Brissett anyway, even if it's that. But I have my doubts there. I have my doubts there. But yeah, yeah eight games, you just roll with Brissett and, and hope he keeps his head above water. Mm -hmm. Baltimore Ravens over under is nine and a half wins for them this year. Deshaun Watson, he's in camp. You don't have to worry about holdouts or anything like that, but there is a, a contract situation looming for him. Um, my player to watch is really easy. It's Rashad Bateman, and I, I just Ooh. want to see that come together because I like Rashad Bateman. He's got the talent, had some injuries to start last year, but the path is wide open for him to be Lamar Jackson's number one, and there's plenty of balls to go around, even if it's not a high-volume passing game, uh, to, to make big ways for Rashad Bateman in year two. Yeah, I still think they're a receiver or two short. 
And with all those draft picks, all those mid-round picks, they had 8,000 fourth-round picks. They still didn't add anybody, supposedly. Were the Steelers sniped them on Austin. But I, I thought they would be more aggressive that way. I like Bateman as much as, every, as much as you do. I think he has a chance to be a true one. But I can't live with Duvernay and Prochet and Tylen Wallace and all those dudes. And That's what's it, fun about uh, doing this sort of a, a project is when you – like I, I kind of know most of the guys, but then when you really look at it and you think they legitimately have to roll out at best – Devin Duvernay as their number two wide receiver. Two, right. And that's the you know best case scenario because there's not really anybody on the roster. I mean, maybe they have one of these undrafted free agents, you know, Shamar Bridges. Does he turn out to be a, some, you know, a star player or something? Um, but you're, there's not even a lot of names where you're excited about, oh, this guy could potentially be the guy. James Prochet right. is sort of a under-athletic, maybe, you know, slot, get open underneath, and that's about it, sort of receiver, right? Uh, I don't think I'm reading that one wrong. Maybe no, I don't. No, no. Dylan Wallace, fourth rounder last year, but he, he doesn't, you know – he doesn't really get me excited either. So, yeah, it's Rashad Bateman and not a lot else. So, Mark Andrews, draft him on your fantasy team. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, they, I mentioned their fourth-round picks. Well, they used a the fourth-round pick on Isaiah Likely and Charlie Kohler. They already had Nick Boyle and Andrews. I mean, they're gonna, there's going to be a lot of tight ends on the field, which makes the wide receiver situation a little more palatable. I mean, they're going to throw a lot of three tight end sets, I'm sure. But the other thing about the receivers is – you know, like Julio just signed. You know, Odell's still out there. Will Fuller's still out there. They would make perfect sense. But if you're a free agent, this isn't a very attractive spot to catch a lot of balls. I think it's attractive for one of those veterans that looks around the league and they don't see a lot of wide receiver two jobs even open. So then they would Good say, point. well, I can go start somewhere and I can go make a playoff run. Who knows? Maybe get a ring, you know? So I think that's why. But yeah, it's not like if you were going to get your wide receiver two job with the with the Rams or something. Right, right, right. I mean, if Odell's picking between the Rams and Baltimore yeah, or Green Bay yeah. and Baltimore, right. Yeah, Julio chose being potentially wide receiver four in some weeks, you know, with the Buccaneers. Yeah, uh, yeah. so. um, a couple of offensive – yeah, I want to mention Dobbins. But, guys. Yeah, I mean, uh, not, uh, there's been very little good news about Dobbins. That doesn't worry me as much because, you know, the running back is a replaceable thing. Ronnie Stanley is still on the pup list, and this guy's been hurt with a very serious injury. I felt so bad for him. I mean, he signed a contract midseason, played the Steelers the following Sunday, shredded his ankle, and hasn't played since. That was a long time ago. I think he's the most pivotal Raven for sure on this team. That is a little bit worrisome. Yeah that, yeah, that he's not ready to go. And some of those players that you thought would be ready to go, um, we'll, we'll talk about. Um, Michael Thomas, which, you know, he's yeah, he looked like he was looking like, good. still, and then all of a sudden, oh, no, he missed one day, and then he's back on the field, and he's looking, okay, maybe maybe there is still some hope for Michael Thomas's career, and you hope that's the case with Ronnie Stanley, too, even though you get a little bit worried for these long-term injuries, and they're still not ready to go to start camp, um, and so a lot of crossing the fingers there, because the a lot of pups on the, the running back roster as well, maybe Tyler Beatty, the sixth-round uh, draft pick, I think he's a really good receiving type of back, could he be a main back for a while? I, I Definitely, Maybe. definitely interested in Tyler Beatty in some of my fantasy football drafts, just in case they're in Baltimore because they run I mean, the ball. Uh, I think that's really interesting with him as a six-round guy. I mean, more receiver than Belkow. He doesn't look like Gus Edwards, but he is a sneaky guy to pick up. I was high on Mike Davis a year ago. Remember, remember when the Mike Davis hype? He's going like fifth rounds of fantasy drafts. They picked him up for nothing. I mean, Edwards and Dobbins are on the pup. I mean, he could be the week one starter. 
a lot of fun players to watch here. Multiple first round picks in in Tyler Linderbaum and Kyle Hamilton there. So yeah. obviously those guys are going to be fun to watch. But man, kind of a steal in the third round with Travis Jones. And now if he plays the nose or sort of plays that that big three four end, it's you know five technique type of position or you know even some three technique, whatever it is, he ends up playing because they do have Michael Pierce there um, at nose. But I thought he was a great pick too. So there's some fun players that are really high upside guys for a team that's already got a lot of star power on it in the, in the Baltimore Ravens. So I love what they did in the offseason. I, I do too. I think Marcus Williams was a tremendous ad. I, I like that. I thought they were in a good position to draft the Jabo in the second round. And even if he sits the whole year, I mean, him and Oway were high school teammates and, you know, the Michigan connection with the Harbaugh's like they know everything about this guy. That's a great landing spot for him to get well, Jalen Armour Davis was one of my favorite picks, too. I mean, I thought his would be maybe a second or even more like a third. They got him fourth. I mean, when you can throw Marcus Williams, Chuck Clark, Kyle Hamilton, Marcus Peters, and Marlon Humphrey out there as your secondary is a big nickel, that's hard to deal with, you know. So I, I think this defense is in a good spot. I think they do want to play two big defensive tackles like Jones and Pierce might be on the field together, like Saragusa and those guys used to be back in the day. I'm a little worried about pass rush and I don't love their linebackers. You feeling good though? Nine and a half wins over. Oh, I'm over, 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 over. over. Okay. This is the division champ for you still, right? You've been, you've been pounding that table for uh, a huge comeback season for the, the really banged up Baltimore Ravens from last year. Yeah. And I can't stress this enough. There's two things with the Ravens is since football outsiders who's been in business a very long time has been charting injuries. No one has been hit harder than the 2021 Ravens. Like there's no chance that continues. I mean, it was a remarkable and it was all at the same positions, running backs, corners, you know, like you can weather the storm if you have some injuries sprinkled around, but if one room gets wiped out, forget about it. And they still were, Eight and three, I think, at one point, which is insane. And, you know, to sound a little like a homer, I trust Tomlin and Harbaugh to navigate some of these rough waters more than I do the other, the Ohio coach. Yeah. And I, I trust the Baltimore and Pittsburgh owners. To yeah. Get the whole organization. The Ohio, yeah. Ohio owners, too. 100%. You know, there, there's a track record here. It's the same people in charge, more or less, in both organizations, and they've won a lot of games. Yep. A lot of talent on a lot of rosters there in the North. It's going to be fun in the AFC. Matt and I are going to keep it going. We're going to check in on these NFC teams as we're in camp now, approaching those preseason games in the 2022 season. Thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Matt and I back tomorrow. No, back Monday with some yeah, more right, right. notes right here. Peacock and Williamson.